Welcome to The Design Diaries, a podcast for creatives, freelancers, and business owners looking for candid conversations and real advice. I'm Melissa, self-taught designer turned freelancer and now studio owner, here to share my experiences and help you reach your goals. Hello, hello, and welcome back to The Design Diaries. Today, we are trying out a brand new episode format. I don't really know where this is coming from i can't lie um but i just love the idea of engaging a little bit more with the listeners of this podcast especially because all of the episode ideas that i come up with tend to be inspired from questions that i get a lot through dms in person through conversation emails and so i figured why not just ask you directly in an episode and do an advice column style format and i'm calling it dear diary so i have three particular situations that listeners have submitted i got tons of submissions so thank you so much for submitting um and sharing that information and your your struggles with me i totally appreciate it i chose three ones that felt like they could help the most people but i want to keep doing these dear diary episodes and so if you didn't get your question or your situation answered please keep submitting them i'm going to um be asking them on my stories quite often probably every couple of um, months or so so definitely follow the instagram account if you have no idea what i'm talking about because that is where i asked and sourced all of the questions so it's at the design diaries podcast on instagram and i posted a story saying that i wanted some situations that you wanted advice from and so if you want your situation to be answered for the next time feel free to just dm me on the account or to keep an eye out for that story and to submit that whenever you can so the first thing i want to disclaim is that you know, again, all of the advice that I give is not like legal advice. It's not like formal advice. It's kind of just a friend telling another friend what they would do in the situation. Obviously, I don't want to like offend anybody or, you know, give like any normative sort of positioning. So, you know, if you disagree with whatever I happen to suggest, totally fine. Feel free to ignore it. But this is just what I would do if any of these situations were happening to me or these are the things that I would do given the questions. So the first one I thought was perfect for our very first Dear Diary advice question. So it says, Dear Diary, my friends and family are always asking me about helping them with projects, but I know they won't appreciate my work or my prices and I don't know how to say no. Please help because I hate saying no and disappointing the people close to me. Okay, so I'm going to call you friends and family. So dear friends and family, um, this is such a common struggle, especially, especially um, if you are younger. And I'm not going to assume your age, but the younger that I was, I feel like the easier it is for friends and family to see what you're doing as a hobby versus like the older you are, even though I'm only 23 years old, I have noticed that people have like, kind of seen it as my full-time job now and they don't necessarily think of it as like a side hustle or hobby and they don't think that I'm as scrappy maybe as I used to be and so I will say like as time has gone on and my business has formalized itself as like a central part of like my identity I do think people ask me for less and less however to answer your question I first want to address that it's super normal it's super valid that you don't want to work with them because you don't you won't feel appreciated they maybe won't 
you know, fit into the workflow that you've created for your business. And also that relationship is going to be just be different. And it's more likely than not that your friends or family are not in your niche. And it's just not really a super good waste or super good waste, a super good use of your time. Um, especially if you have limited bookings. Um, oh, there's New York writing us that we're in New York for this episode. Um, but yeah, so I just wanted to validate you because I know a lot of people, especially myself, feel really, really guilty feeling that way. Like, you know, I have this talent. Why don't I, you know, feel more generous maybe about helping my friends and family? I should feel that way, but I don't. And I feel bad about it. But I want to validate you and just say like, you know, working for friends and family is really, really hard and I would never really recommend it. So the way that you could approach saying no is in, you know, is an indirect result, I think, of how you and your relationships operate. So that is one thing to consider, like how transparent or how, you know, safe do you feel being honest with these friends and family? Um, because obviously honesty is the best policy. So the best policy would be to say that, I really, really want to help you. I like, you know, really want to don't want to disappoint you. But like, it's just not really the type of work that I really want to be doing right now for my business because of X, Y, Z. So those reasons could be like, I'm trying to grow my portfolio, and you know, I really need projects that are like perfectly situated with my client base, or I'm trying to grow my client base and realistically like taking up a booking right now for a friend and family is just like going to be a major detriment to me and my momentum you know those are different valid reasons i think that some friend or family would definitely you know understand and empathize with um but i also recognize that that doesn't necessarily fix the the portion of like you hate saying no and you hate disappointing people close to me so you know if being honest is or like being like super upfront is not really something that feels within your wheelhouse or feels feasible especially like if you're an anxious person or not a confrontational person like I am um there are some other ways to say it without necessarily like lying but you can essentially decline without you being the person to say no if that makes sense so what I mean by that is saying that you know I would love to help you but I'm just swamped right now um and you know I think by the time that I'm available or in a position to help you you know it'll be a while it's like I really couldn't say and I don't want to leave you in the lurch so it's probably best you know that you you know look somewhere else or maybe like I could find someone or help you find somebody else um that's always a really good response because even if it's not necessarily true that you're like completely booked out it can be true that like you just have other things in your business you're trying to prioritize right now and um, doing them a favor and doing work that's not going to help you or not going to contribute to your momentum um, is totally valid thing to say and to communicate. And I also think offering to assist them in a different way, like assisting them in finding a designer or finding someone to help um, is always like a perfectly fine response. Um, just to share a little anecdote for me, like I've had tons of people from Princeton um, my alma mater reach out to me a lot of entrepreneurial individuals um from my school which is awesome but they reach out to me like wanting my help with their businesses or wanting my help with some venture that they're starting on or a project that they're involved in and it's always super flattering because 
you know, maybe two years ago, I would have killed, you know, for, for work to land in my lap like that. But, um, you know, sometimes it just goes down to just drawing a boundary. Or sometimes people just don't recognize, you know, how being a designer works. People think that, like, you do graphic design, so, like, you can kind of do anything. Um, and so sometimes it just takes a bit of, of information for to clear the air. So it's not so much that people necessarily expect you to work, you know, for free or just kind of rates or they don't realize that maybe they put, they're putting you in a weird position. A lot of these people think that it's a win-win situation because they need the help and then they think that they're bringing you business. Um, so it really just takes being upfront and, and communicating with people what the situation is. Um, I think over time, the more and more I encounter the situation, the more tiresome it gets to kind of say, um, a response that like skirts around the question that like avoids the answer that of saying like oh I'm just really busy or like oh maybe not right now and because I always do feel anxious that maybe they do come back or maybe they will reach back out or maybe they are waiting for me so um what's giving me giving me the most I think resolution with all of these situations just being really honest and I know it's probably not the best answer that you wanted to hear but in the long run it just saves you kind of a lot of stress especially because I worry about you know, friends talking to other friends and like, you know, people being like, oh, well, she told me she was busy. And it's like, oh, well, she told me that this is just isn't the work that she does. So what is it? Um, I just think like being honest just saves you a lot of that residual stress. And if these are people that you care about and you really don't want to disappoint them, I think just letting them know like, hey, like I want to help you so bad, but it would come at like a major lost to me it's just not the work I want to be doing I would feel really uncomfortable charging my full rates with you um I also just think that my work style is just headed in a direction that your project just isn't really relevant to um but I really want to help you out I think that's just the best response that I've come up with in the past couple of years of doing this it's the response that I really say to all of my friends and family who ask me for help um I really do respond and just say like, hey, like my specialty is like branding and web design for, you know, BIPOC and queer founders in consumer goods. And I don't necessarily think you check all of those boxes. And because of that, I'm not the best person for the job. I'm just the person closest to the job, which doesn't make me qualified, you know. Um, so that's what I would say, um, dear friends and family. I hope that was helpful. And I will say that if you can work on being able to say no early on, especially with people that are the closest to you, um, it'll make it way easier to say no to strangers in the future. And it's just going to be a major kind of business tool for you. So um, just being transparent, saying the uncomfortable stuff um, and getting really good at delivering bad news nicely is going to be um, a good asset to you. So that's my answer. And I hope that was helpful. Okay, so for the next question, or the next situation, we say, um, Dear Diary, I'm wanting to start my own design business, but feel like I'm holding myself back because I don't have everything ready yet, i.e. professional photos. Any advice? Okay, so I'm going to call you, um, um, wannabe, like wannabe business owner. So dear wannabe, um, Sorry, a bunch of thoughts are like racing through my head right now in response to this question. But the first thing that I will say is that I don't really think 
that jumping into a business before you feel ready is the best idea. On the other hand, sometimes you just never really feel fully ready. And if you're waiting around to feel like that sense of assuredness, you might be waiting around forever. So I want to approach this question like really carefully. Um, I will say, I, I mean, I talked about this in an episode. I don't really remember which one it is, but I have some regrets about like jumping into being a business owner too soon. And I have some regrets about, you know, not letting myself feel more ready or like taking the time to have all of that, you know, professional foundation prepared and developed and, and situated. Um, so I'm really wary about telling you right now to like, you know, like just take the leap, you know, not everything's going to be perfect because ideally had I taken a leap just like a couple months later, I think that I would have been in a much different position in the beginning of my business. I would have gone through a lot less struggles and I probably would be in like a better place, like legally, financially, um, like operationally right now um but who's to say obviously but i think i'm in a fine place in all of those assets and facets but who's to say um but this is just you know um me projecting so i i, I am wary about giving that advice but at the same time again i am really wary too about kind of enabling people or like enabling you in particular um with regards to playing the waiting game because I think that if you are somebody who overthinks a lot or maybe lacks you know like a ton of self-confidence maybe has imposter syndrome or has anxiety like any of those things like I do I think it's really easy to confuse not feeling ready with being like scared um, because those are two completely different emotions but they feel the same inside so maybe this is my this is my answer to you one I would sit down and be like super honest with yourself about what it is that's not ready like I would even like write it down bullet list it and write down everything that's not ready and then also write down all the emotions that you feel because it may seem like oh nothing's ready yet I can't start a business but if you're writing down like you know very surface level maybe aesthetic things that aren't ready um maybe that's really a sign that you're just scared and because those aesthetic things are like the last step like professional photos or like a perfectly developed website um, or business cards you know or a social media feed like all of those things are secondary and can come truly like you know within the first couple months of your business so it's okay if that's like not developed but if what you're listing out are like very primary essential functions of your business for example like your um, financial plan, like your pricing system, your, um, you know, LLC registration, your bank account, your CRM, your internal kind of file organization and planning, then that is something that I think is valid to, to hold you back from starting that business. Because if you launch into your business without having those things ready, without feeling really good about like what's behind the closed door, you're not really going to feel ever good about opening it up to people, obviously, um, opening it up to customers into your business. So um, that's my best advice for you is just like sit down, be just like so, so honest with yourself and really write down definitively, maybe in like two separate lists, like side by side, like a pros and cons thing, but like on this side, here's everything that I'm lacking. On this side, here's everything that I have prepared that's ready. And if you're really noticing that the things that are holding you back are just really like 
almost trivial or, or um, things that could really happen later on in your business, then it's probably a good idea, you know, to, to go ahead and keep going. But if you're noticing that like, oh wow, there's like quite a, a few things that just seem really essential, i.e., you know, like a, a really solid contract or my um, financial budget, then that is, you know, a really valid reason, I think. And you're not necessarily holding yourself back, but you're rather like pausing and taking the time, you know, to do things right. Um, I will also say too that if you really feel like you um, aren't at a like level of self-awareness or that you're just not even sure if doing this list is going to help you, you could also set yourself a deadline, you know, realistically looking at your list or like thinking critically about what do I have left to accomplish before I perceive myself as being ready. Kind of give yourself a rough estimate or timeline of what that would take and then give yourself a hard deadline. Like by, for example, like December 1st, I want to like be ready to launch or like I want to be ready to you know, work on these accessory things or just giving yourself a deadline, giving yourself some sort of, of goal on the horizon to reach for will at least help ground you and feel like you're making progress. Um, how I achieve kind of landmarks like that, like when I was doing my rebrand, for example, I would set up sprints in my calendar being like, okay, this week we're working on this thing. Next week we're working all on this. And, um, all of those weeks would add up into this, you know, specific launch date, and I would just make sure to accomplish whatever I set out that week. That was like my own, my only priority, um, aside from client work that I was working on, and it really, really helped ground me in terms of building towards a goal that didn't feel so ominous and like didn't feel overwhelming. And that was what that's what I would recommend to you if you are feeling stuck, if feeling like you're not really building towards a place where you can feel assured to start your own business that should help you a lot. Um, but realistically, I would I just wouldn't rush into anything. Um, this just goes back to what I was saying earlier. Feeling rushed, feeling not ready is just a really bad place to start a business. I think it's okay if you're feeling scared. It's okay if you're feeling apprehensive, nervous. The, all of those, you know, emotions are so valid. And I'd be worried if you didn't feel any of those emotions. But if you're genuinely feeling rushed, underprepared, um, overwhelmed, those are really, really poor emotions to accompany entrepreneurship. I don't think any of those emotions would do you any good. And it's just really going to start off your business, I think, on the wrong foot. So, you know, if you are able to, like, even journal or just sit down and talk it out with somebody close to you in your life and just have a really, really deep conversation maybe or just pick your brain about exactly the emotions you're feeling and separate the two, you know, are they productive emotions? Are they unproductive? That should also help you kind of make the decision like I am holding myself back out of fear versus I'm holding myself back because I actually truly am not ready. So that was a lot of advice. I hope that wasn't too confusing for you, but um, I'm rooting for you. I'm excited for you and let me know uh, whenever you do launch your business and I will be happy to check it out and I'll be excited to hear about it. Okay, thanks so much dear wannabe. Okay, next situation or final one is how do you balance freelancing and work with life? Like you don't have to clock into work, so how do you manage time and keep up momentum? Struggling so much with this. Okay, I'm going to call you um, balance. So dear balance, such a wonderful question. I, 
can't remember if I have a podcast episode about this or not, but I, this is a question that comes up for me a lot in my life. Um, a lot of people in my community also. So I think it's a super great question that you're asking. It's a really good, um, indicator that you're worried about this, that you're worried about work-life balance because it's such a big kind of secondary thought for especially people who like maybe just graduate or, you know, people who are coming out of university or have other situations that are just maybe used to feeling um, overwhelmed all the time and then moving into a freelancer career or moving into a more flexible career structure where, you know, that overwhelm is kind of replaced by like this feeling of of not doing enough so yeah I just wanted to say props to you for just like thinking about about that because that wasn't really even something that I was concerned about when I first graduated so it, it was became a concern for me much later so props but um one I just want to say everybody struggles with it like I don't really think anybody has the secret sauce per se to to a perfect work-life balance in this community just because the nature of our work is so fluid and so different like the day-to-day um tasks and expectations are just so in flux and also um depending on like what kind of lifestyle that you want to live outside of work is so different between each of us that you know, for some people, their free time is enough. For some people, it's not enough. For some people, it's too much. So um, I just want to, you know, preface that, that it it is such a weird question. I don't think it, like, any one person can answer it perfectly for you, but I'll try. Um, how I at least work really hard at, at creating balance is, well, one, I am very, very meticulous about how I schedule my time literally like in google calendar and like in my notion so in my google calendar i have a couple of different calendars you know how you can have like calendars within one account calendar and one of them is called personal i another one that's called like time tracking or time blocking and then i have another calendar that's like for my actual like meetings and like work schedule so what i do is i schedule anything all personal appointments and events um, in that personal calendar and then I schedule all of my like studio events and calls and things um, in that calendar and then I use time blocking the, the time blocking one to um, basically write out chunks or show chunks for me of like where the two kind of fit in together so what I mean by that is like I, since I'm only putting meetings on my studio calendar let's say like the only thing I have to do today is like 11 11 a.m. meeting and then on my personal life, I, you know, want to go to the gym, I want to make dinner, and then I want to um, meet up with my um, best friend. So what I do then is I use my time blocking calendar plus my to-do list for the day. And I also use my personal calendar together with that to make sure that I have enough time for both of all of those things like in the day. So for example, like ideally my work day will end at 5 so I'm going to schedule like maybe gym at 5.30, then dinner at 7, and then drinks at 9. And then, so that's like my evening. So that means that I need to get all of my work done between the hours of, you know, when I'm up and 5 o'clock. And also like skirting around that 11 o'clock call. So then I'll use the time blocking and I'll say, well, I'm going to do lunch obviously from like noon to like 
12.45, so that means I have X amount of hours to work with. So then I'm going to be like, okay, from 9 to 11, I'm going to do, you know, these two tasks on my to-do list, and then, you know, from lunch to 3 o'clock, I'm going to do these tasks, and then from 3 to 5, I'm going to do this task. And this, so that way, I am making sure that everything that was a high priority for me today is getting addressed, it's getting done, and if it seems like, oh wow, like everything on my to-do list is not going to fit today, that's usually an indication to me that one, I'm not giving myself enough time to complete the tasks, because realistically, an eight-hour workday is of like a really long workday, especially if you work from home, especially if you are freelancer working alone, because at corporations, at companies, people who have an eight-hour workday are probably realistically working like five because they have like a one-hour lunch break typically or, you know, there's also a lot of socialization. There's typically a lot more meetings in person. There's like, I just feel that work from home is just like a lot more efficient. And so given that, if you truly, truly are finding that all the tasks on your plate per day are exceeding an eight-hour work from home day, you need to be giving yourself more time. And that can mean like extending, you know, the turnaround times for maybe your packages or for your offerings, um, you know, not booking so many things, or maybe that's, you know, um, um, changing how you book, like how many of a certain project you'll stack on top of another project. So yeah, usually that's a red flag for me that I am not doing a good job of like protecting myself or catering to my needs whenever I see that my day-to-day -day is just overloading like and there's no flexibility typically I'm able to like fill out my day schedule my day um, time block it like I just mentioned and then if I see there's like one or two two tasks left over I can like compartmentalize them look at my to-do list for the next couple of days and then usually redistribute them um, that's typically my my main um strategy too for just like maintaining sanity is I'm like I'm very kind to myself these days or I try to be about redistributing work um pushing things back if necessary because I just find that the quality of my work and the quality of my day just goes down when I do feel like I'm not be able to prioritize the things in my life that matter and I also feel like the quality of my work goes down when I'm just trying to do like more than eight hours of work in a day one, honestly, even close to eight hours is just too much for me. I try and even work like six, you know, if we're including like a meeting and like some lunch because more than that, I find like my mind gets really bogged down. My creativity goes down. I just have, you know, screen fatigue. Um, and so, yeah, it's honestly just a quality preservation technique in addition to like a me preservation, self-preservation technique to give yourself some buffer time in your deadlines to be really transparent with your clients and being like hey like I just need an extra day for this I just need like a fresher set of eyes tomorrow I'm really bogged down um and all of my clients have always appreciated when I tell them this I always just I'm very very honest but I'm like hey like I really just haven't given this like it's finished for example or I'm close to finishing but I think if I rush to finish this tonight it's not going to be my best work I'd rather look at it with a fresh eyes tomorrow how do you feel and they almost always or always have said yes and like thank you for telling us or thank you for you know taking the time so yeah they am going down a rabbit hole but to answer your question I hope that it doesn't become a struggle for you for too long 
um, and the way that I think that you can alleviate some of that stress or struggle and the way that you can feel better about you know that balance is just being really diligent um, making space making time for the things that matter to you in a very intentional way and then also you know um, organizing your business or your work or your contracts in such a way that you have grace and that you have some of that flexibility and those buffers for when you do need to reallocate your time or redistribute those tasks um and then your second part of your question was you know since you're not clocking in and out you know how do you navigate that and i do sort of clock in and out i do try and give myself a hard stop most days at like five or six and that what's helpful about that is especially if i make plans with people i make plans with people a lot at like six o'clock so i have to leave the house at like 5 30 and that does help me because that means i have to stop working at five so i can get ready so um doing things like that where you have to hold yourself accountable and you can't just like blow them off i think is um super great at at helping you like quote clock out the harder part for me is clocking in because i'm a night owl i don't like waking up early like I really don't. So what has helped me in that regard is I will schedule earlier meetings. Like I'll schedule like a 9.30 a.m. meeting. So I have to get up latest by 9 for that. Um, and that does help me. If I have like the whole morning to myself, like if I have an 11 o'clock meeting, for example, there is a good chance I'm sleeping in till 9.30 and then I'm like eating breakfast at like 10 and like leisurely kind of answering emails until 11 and then my day is kind of like sucked like that so i will say like having your appointment calendar you know or your calendly appointments or whatever platform you use scheduled for earlier in the day is really helpful it also forces you to like to like get ready if you like to you know do your hair and makeup or you know um tidy up before a call which is what i like to do it just helps me feel more put together and it forces me to like be ready and awake and alert for that call earlier in the morning and that helps me clock in because you know once I have quote clocked in for a meeting I'm not gonna like then clock back out and go like on my phone and do TikTok I'm like in the mode so just kind of setting little road maps or like um uh landmarks I guess for for you to establish those boundaries like in the day as like markers I think have helped me in the past and whenever I stop doing that I do definitely feel my days derailing a bit so that is my um, suggestion to you if you are a freelancer that has like another job um, which is super common one that is an episode that I want to talk about um, pretty soon but I will say that how I used to do it when I was doing a full-time um, you know, college schedule plus doing the freelancing or doing the business is that do follow that exact same strategy. Um, but then instead of the work calendar, have your school calendar. And then you might also have to just like change your priorities a little bit. But for example, what mine was like was like, I had two classes in the morning and then I had a lunch break. So I couldn't really start work until three o'clock. Then I had like a dance rehearsal at like nine o'clock and I had dinner at seven. So realistically, I was working from like three to seven and then from nine to when I went to bed. So what I would do is I would have my task list and obviously half of that would be homework and the other half would be freelance work or it would be like 60-40 homework freelance work and so I would time block in my Google Calendar or even like written down in my planner when I would be doing the homework and then what tasks I would be doing um, that day and like when and in and I was really guilty of overbooking myself and like not making enough time or not giving myself long enough 
turnaround times or giving myself too short of deadlines and so I was often working in like into the dead of night like until like 3 a.m on both of those things and it's not something I recommend at all I was so burnt out my senior year and my junior year so um my advice about thinking really deeply and like really intentionally about how much turnaround time you give and how much you're booking at that stage of your life is really really important um because realistically homework or your other job or you know whatever it is are not things that you can actually cut down on and so the only thing you can cut down on is the pressure from freelancing so um that's what i would do so this was a really long episode sorry i'm so long-winded with my advice i just really really try to give multifaceted approaches to things and i'm trying you know give nuanced answers that maybe aren't so obvious um i don't know if i achieved that at all but this was really fun and it's really really um great to feel like I may or may not be helping any of you directly. If this was helpful, if you enjoyed it, um, please let me know by commenting on the Instagram post or by DMing me. I love when you guys share your stories of like you listening and tagging me. I like love, love, love reposting those. It makes me feel so great. And also, if you've been enjoying the podcast so far, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify Podcasts, if they have that. I think they do. I would love to get your rating. I would love to get a review from you. It helps me so much to know um, that people are enjoying this. It gives me a bit of motivation to keep recording these and keep submitting um, stories or questions or podcast episodes that you'd like me to do because that's really why I do it is to serve all of you and to answer questions that you actually need the answers to. So, That was today's episode. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you next one. Bye. Thanks for listening to The Design Diaries. We'll catch you on the next episode.